I'm Kyle. Okay, here's where y'all are so wrong because y'all are idiots. And I'm Drew with a U. As the boss of this podcast, I'm going to say... And I'm Handsome Drew. Technically, the rules say dogs can't play. Wait, no, no. There's nothing in the rule button that says dogs can't play. Yeah, that's what I just said. And this is not... And this is not... And this is not... This is not the podcast you deserve. I'm actually very flattered to be on the name inspiration... Titular. Yeah, of this podcast. And I get to... I get to educate you all on... I think the name, when I came up with it, or we came up with it, Drew, I can't remember like whose idea it really was. I'm going to give it to myself, and I think. I'll, I'll let you have it until we get famous, sure, and then fair I'll enough. take full credit for it. The, the idea we thought was really funny, or was like really like edgy, was like, we're going to take a quote from The Dark Knight and flip it on its head when Commissioner Gordon says, he's the hero we deserve, but not the one we need right now. We took that to be, we're, the, we're not the podcast who deserve but were the one you need was like the... I felt like we were both flipping it and also trying to be a little self-deprecating. Yeah, yeah. I, well, who's to say, you know? Uh, I don't, know I don't you, think we've though. ever explained that before, but yeah, I guess now's as good a time as any. And that means that the podcast has already started and we didn't do an <gasps> intro, but it's good because I don't know what number this is because there's, there's no telling when we'll get to editing and posting. Also, <laughs> I've always, the, the longer I've watched The Dark Knight, which is a lot, that's kind of a dumb quote. Yeah, it, it doesn't. And so that He's is the hero we deserve, but not the one we need. Like, ah. So I want to put a pin in that, if you would, Bake. Because, okay. so what, what got me onto this topic, what got me to think we need Baker on and we need to talk the Dark Knight trilogy. Uh, Christopher Nolan's birthday was last week. Um, and so I was like, I'm going to watch all of my favorite Nolan films. I watched There's Memento. only two people on earth that know that, and it's Kyle Cox and Christopher <laughs> Nolan. <laughs> I bet Jonathan, his brother, knows it. Thank you. Um, I, I watched Memento <laughs> and the Mayhat. Time is relative, as we know with the Nolan brothers. Yeah. Uh, I watched Memento. They're actually Inception. the same person. It might be from a different timeline. Um, I tried to find Interstellar. Interstellar is nowhere on streaming devices. I watched Dunkirk. And then I was like, it was like 11 p.m. And I was like, I'm going to watch Batman Begins. Because I remember this being like a really good movie. And I watched it. And then it was like 2.30 a.m. And I was like, well, I'm still up and I'm kind of geeked up, so I watched The Dark Knight, and then I finished Did you that stay one. Up and I was all like, night? I might as well just watch The Dark Knight Rises because I'm like already doing this. <laughs> so I pulled an all nighter watching Batman movies, and then I texted Bake pretty quick after that. Um, but that's what got so my. I quickly responded too to that yeah, text you message, did. Mm-hmm. and so you were just you were cruising through the day. Yeah, I was. I was just going, man, um, and uh, which which. This this trilogy is weird to me because yeah. I think it's the best origin story in Batman Begins. I in my brain it's the best sequel to any movie ever made in The Dark Knight, and then The Dark Knight Rises is like people either love it or hate it, and and I was kind of watching it through this new you know albeit uh, sleep deprived scope, and so I wanted to get you on to talk about this this trilogy. Um, so listener, if you're not a fan of Batman or superheroes, you know, maybe go back and listen to our, our action hero podcast again. So I I wanted to kind of go through all three of these movies with you. I've got a new theory, I guess, um, when it comes to these three movies and kind of want to kind of get your, get your feeling on it. But, um, after watching Batman Begins again, that is a really incredible movie because it is just like Nolan did his thing. But there happened to be a superhero in it because it's it, there's nonlinear storytelling. Uh, there's you yep. can't trust the the main guy. Like th- there's all of those classic Nolan stuff in there, and it just fits so perfectly for what he does and how he tells a story. And it gives you a great uh, a great hero to root for. It gives you a great antagonist. It gives you a great twist which nobody saw coming, uh-huh. and it, and it pulls the story together really well. Where it's instead of just good guy beats up bad guy, it's good guy wants to be a symbol of hope that people can rise up to and can, you know, become someday. And then I think he kind of pigeonholed himself because (laughs) once you do that in the first one, you can't do that in all the other ones too. Like the the second one doesn't really have a big twist. Um, It's got a great villain, but the kind of the Mm -hmm. twist is, I guess, in the first five minutes when... Like, he's the one that's in the clown mask at the beginning. 
And then the third one is like so nonsensical storytelling, but it's the mm-hmm. perfect wrap up for the arc he started in Batman Begins. So it, we can kind of dive into that all at, at a different time. It's, it's funny because I think that Batman Begins is a better movie. Dark Knight is in my top five. Batman Begins is not. Sure. Um, for, mm. you know, which we can get into. But um, I think the last time we watched it was probably a year ago, and Chloe hadn't seen them. Oh, um, wow. So okay. we just, we hit the trilogy like three nights in a row. And watching the trilogy like back to back to back, it feels a lot like Batman Begins is about Batman. Yeah. You know, it's about Bruce Wayne and Batman and becoming Batman. And then it becomes a lot more about like that character against other juxtapositions. Um, yeah, and, and I think so, even more so it grows from just the first one being about the character and how he became, how he begins as Batman yeah. to then in the second one, trying to grow the scope of what Batman is because in the mm-hmm. second movie, the climax is Joker's put a boat full of convicts and a boat full of Gothamites <laughs> and each one of them can blow up the other one. And the whole point is that like Gotham is like not evil because these people didn't want to kill the other boat. They, they right. chose not to blow up the other boat. So that shows you that like Gotham, Gotham is, is not Batman. all bad. They're, they're realizing there is good. And then the third one, which is even more nonsensical than Joker putting two bombs on boats that he knows are going to be filled with people and they get to blow each other up. <laughs> it's The third one is the whole city rises up now against the bad guy, like together, united, because they all believe it now. And, and I think that's where... Well, does, uh, does the whole city rise up? I mean, that's the hard part, is that, like, so you're right. Like, the cool corollary is that, like, you know, Batman's whole thing is, that, like, I'm not going to kill you. I'm not going to, no matter who you are or what you deserve. <laughs> unless so, you're Ra's al Ghul, in which case, I don't, I don't have, have to save you. you. I'm going yeah. to let, I'm gonna let you up. die. <laughs> yeah. Some people would call that manslaughter. But they're different. <laughs> Batman Begins is a great movie because it stands alone. Or it could have set up a trilogy. Sure. And it's funny because it had a... Ma- I, so I, I didn't realize how... Obviously, it's a superhero movie, so it's going to have a big budget. I didn't realize how big of a budget it had. It had a $150 million budget. Oh, wow. And it made three hundred. Another... It made $350 million. Wow. Yeah. Which I is, think they used another $100 million on product, like uh, marketing, too. Yeah. So and it, it made decent money. It grossed three hundred fifty million dollars, and so it's like, all right. So that was a success. A success. Dark Knight crushed that. It was like two hundred fifty million dollar budget and made over a billion dollars. Oh wow! And it was it was like the one of the number one box office movies until the Avengers, and then Dark Knight Rises kind of did the same thing, and I think that they kind of. I think this whole series, my whole opinion on it, the, lo- the older I get is the whole series, its pinnacle, is Heath Ledger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's all about what that guy did. Sure. And yeah. I think that the like in terms of why the storytelling in Dark Knight Rises is so sloppy, because they had to pivot entirely. And so what do they do? They bring back origin story from part one. And so that's kind of yeah. where... The I can see that. Breaks, yeah. The whole thing kind of breaks down to me is that it's like you cast Heath Ledger and then he does something to, I mean, you, know, you, you said at the beginning, like if you don't like superheroes, go listen to our action hero podcast. Yeah. Hate to break it to you. Batman is like the ultimate action hero. <laughs> sure. Like we talked about this because the last podcast I was on was the Batman right, and he's, yeah. he's kind of eclipsed superhero and become character he's become like iconic you know he's become the godfather he's become darth vader he's become this titular character and so like when i think about what these movies did is that it kind of made the joker almost that too because now we've had multiple iterations of joker since sure and all of them they're all compared compared back to heath for sure, yeah. And I don't know if Jack Nicholson's portrayal of the Joker was like, oh, like the end-all, be-all. Like, I don't remember if when Heath Ledger was like, 
uh, it came out that he was the Joker. They're like, oh, he'll never do it like Jack Nicholson did. Yeah, like I don't know. A lot of a lot of actors turned down the role because they were so worried about competing with Jack Nicholson's portrayal. But uh, a lot of people wanted a a few different names were thrown around, but Christopher Nolan always wanted Heath Ledger. I know. I was yeah. I was reading about this today actually. But go ahead. And and he he made it a point not to watch Jack Nicholson's because he didn't want to imitate it at all. He sure didn't. yeah, but everybody was super upset when they heard the casting of Heath Ledger. They're like, "What? The guy from Ten Things I Hate About You? <laughs> right, yeah. Are you kidding from me? Do you tale? guys do you guys remember? So I guess He's, do you guys remember y'all's reaction? Because I do remember my reaction to this. I don't know if y'all remember uh, y'all's. I was a big Knight's Tale fan, yeah. so I was I and was here for it. <laughs> I was so uh, I so I am at at this point. I'm you know 13 when this movie comes out and. I now love 10 Things I Hate About You, but um, <laughs> when I was then, it was like my, one of my sister's movies. And so I was yeah, like, yeah. I was, and my sister was jazzed about it. And I was like, this is, this is terrible. Why would we put a rom-com guy in it? <laughs> yeah. And I, the really like As the only the thing, Joker. the only things I was curious about that I, cause I was like, I've seen these movies enough to know how to like, to know like my opinions on them. Here's the things mm-hmm. I don't know or I don't remember. What was their budgets? And then I was like, I remember there being an absolutely terrible um, reaction to uh, Heath Ledger being cast. And then I Mm -hmm. remembered how they did such an excellent job about like, like marketing. Hey, you guys thought we were wrong about this. (laughs) Go ahead and watch how wrong you are because i remember how they i remember it was like the first time i really remember things being leaked about movies so i remember when his makeup was leaked the whole teaser trailer was just him talking and laughing oh yeah and the realization that like this is heath ledger and so it almost became a movie where people weren't going to see batman and the joker but heath ledger take on this new role and by the time it come out he had died and so you're yeah, sitting yeah. there going we totally underestimated what this actor could be sure mm-hmm. um no, i just want to jump in real quick and say they opened the movie with him yeah. yeah like the joker gets the full seven minute intro he's the star of the cut... movie he's the protagonist i mean <laughs> <laughs> and he, he ends up winning in the end i you know we're gonna go through all three of these movies but he turns harvey did evil sure. like he's yeah. the white knight the whole story i think revolves around bruce wayne trying to step down and and out of the batman role and into the bruce wayne role mm. and he's only allowed to do that if somebody else can take up the mantle if somebody it's a really good point doesn't need a mask it's yeah. a really take good it point. up yeah i've and actually i've actually never heard someone put it that the joker ultimately wins in this movie because you don't think I, about it but yeah. he does you're at you're I would argue right. He does. Just, and it, it sucks that we lost such a great actor. And, you know, you can look up a ton of research, and I think you should, because, um, you know, their family has come out, and some actors have said, like, it wasn't that this role it, this made isn't him, killed him a psycho. Yeah. yeah, he was just, he had always struggled with a lot of things, and it was just an unfortunate accident. Um, but I, you you said something, Kyle, that made me think, that, did he know how famous... He, this movie made him does he like did he ever get a chance to see Heath Ledger no way yeah, oh, yeah. yeah he's no dead oh that is so because he was like halfway through or like a quarter of the way through filming the Imaginarium of Imaginarium Dr. Parnassus. Of Dr. Parnassus I've only made it like 35 yeah. minutes through that film I could not finish that one um, IMDB says he, he he finished all of his looping of his audio and, and filming and everything for The Dark Knight so this yep. is his last fully yeah this is his last full film, film yeah um yeah so there's because uh, he won a I believe he got he won the Oscar he won the post posthumously, posthumously Oscar, yeah. yeah um but so which supporting. I I mean you can you could talk about I think one of the things that affirms there's a lot of people that talk about how like he got it because he died like it was a good mm. performance and he died therefore he won it yeah if you think that Joaquin Phoenix and his acting performance in the Joker like sniffs what Heath sure. Ledger did, <laughs> then it's like no, no, no. Heath Ledger absolutely crushed this role. Yeah, it doesn't. I, anyways, I, I don't want to make this all about 
I don't no, want to turn no. it. I don't want to turn a Dark Knight review into. But my, <laughs> my whole opinion of this trilogy is that yeah, a lot of people would say that the Dark Knight is the best movie of the trilogy, or that it's the best comic book movie of all time. Um, mm. And after watching these three together, I'm standing firm that Batman Begins is a better movie and is is yeah. a great is maybe the best origin uh, story movie for any hero ever. And I think it's because Nolan got to do exactly what Nolan likes to do. So we can kind of go through like the pros and cons of each movie real quick because we don't have time to go through a scene-by-scene dissection of all I three like movies. Yeah. Um, but I think Batman Begins does a great job of starting off. Uh, you're in the middle of the action. You don't really know what's going on, which is like every other Christopher Nolan movie. You get pieces of flashbacks here and there to kind of figure out what the heck is going on. But you still don't really know until you're about an hour into the movie. Like, okay. Like I, I, he doesn't wear the Batman suit until like yeah, an hour Yeah, a 15. long time. And it's it's a really cool development. But they grounded this Batman in like the real world. Like this is how it would actually happen. Whereas mm-hmm. the Val Kilmer, Michael Keaton, George Clooney, Adam West <laughs> Batmans are all like, yes. this. There's no, there's no world where this could happen. Whereas, like right. this, this is a comic book character, we're gonna make yeah. a comic book movie. Whereas, this created this created such a genre shift. Sure, for uh, sure, set, set the tone for Hollywood. I feel like for mm-hmm. 10, 15 years. I mean, it, it wasn't. I mean, it, Casino you know, Royale. After this, I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, that's that's good. It, it definitely. What does it look like to uh, ground your larger-than-life characters in life? Sure. The thing I couldn't get out of my head when I was watching this was like, this Gotham City you see in Batman Begins looks like downtown Chicago. It looks like New York. Yep. It looks like a real place that you could see mm-hmm. these characters. Actually, a billionaire going to his debunked you know, guy who used to make army projects and be like, hey, I need a Batmobile. Yeah. And he pulls up the thing. And I, I, I'm going spelunking. I need something that'll, you know, whatever. And we it was... pinned. I, I, I'm interrupting you. We pinned <laughs> the Jim Gordon. Uh, I want to pin your location comment there uh, for Dark Knight Rises later. You were talking about when he goes to Morgan Freeman and asks for a tank, but he wants it to be more Lamborghini esque. <laughs> yeah. Does it come in black? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Does it come in black? Which, which is the so I think those are the pros that it's like real, it's grounded. You could see it happening in real life. It's really cool storytelling. It's very Nolan, but there are a lot more uh, like quippy one-liners and like kind of campy jokes <laughs> in all three of these movies that like I don't think I realized mm-hmm, until yeah. my rewatch. Um, in, in all three of them, there are. But like they, they swear to God, swear to me. Don't I mean, swear to God, swear to me. Yeah, um, uh, you you can you can name them all. I mean, I'm not wearing hockey pants. Sure. Yeah, then, I literally when you said campy lines, <laughs> I I'm not wearing hockey pads. Immediately jumped in. In the what, uh, first one, do you want to go? Sorry, Kyle. Do you want to go cons like pros and cons of each, or do you want us to all name our pros for this movie and then do our cons for this movie? I kind of just have a conversation about it. Okay. Because right. in yeah. the first one, I believe the guy who took over Wayne Enterprises was like, "Yeah, we went and like Earl. halfway through the movie." What yeah. is that guy's name? Uh, actor. Earl. Oh. He's oh, like, oh, yeah, you know, it's it's all Rucker kind of technical, but that. like we put everything to the open stock market, so don't worry about it. We'll take care of it. And the movie ends with him going, yeah, I bought all the stocks and shares of Wayne Enterprise, so I'm back in charge. It's all kind of technical, but you know, don't worry about it. Very, it's like, very right. vague. Yeah. And Morgan Freeman gets his, oh, did you not get the yes, yes, clap yes, back? Yes. Yeah. Oh, dude, but that you know what? That's not campy. That's that's awesome. <laughs> I'm so in on that. But the, and so, and I I think. And I think you kind of like it, it goes from like being super grounded and like super realistic to like everybody gets their quippy one liner that's a callback from an hour earlier in the movie, and it's kind of like okay, you know, Rucker that takes Howard. away a little bit from me. Um, and then I I kind of don't love I do love that they have the twist that Liam Neeson was Raz Al Ghul at the end, but I I hate that they just let Batman say screw you, stay on the train, it's about to blow up, I'm out. Um, but that's like not the only kill real you. con of the movie for me because I think that does a great job of setting up the world building, great storytelling, all that jazz. What about you guys? I use this term a lot when I talk about like movies. It feels very lean. Yeah. Like it doesn't feel like there's, there's not a too lot of much fluff. going on. Yeah. It is a long Loaded. movie. It's two hours and 20 minutes long, but it's very watchable. Like it doesn't feel like mm. it builds upon itself really well. It kind of 
feels like it's building to this one moment like and i i love the way they do the reveal if like here's the bad guy you're fighting against um something you didn't mention of like a, a thing that's aged really really well is scarecrow yeah and how awesome yeah. he is and this is yeah. kind of a coming out for that actor i mean he's done a ton of Cillian great things Murphy, since. Yeah. yeah but i mean an absolute like the more i watch the movie the more i'm like they did a really great job and that had a in 2005 that is a character that has a and the way that they portray him doing all mm-hmm. of like how he you know scares people and his mask um yep. that could really backfire on them and it could look really dated and it doesn't look like as amazing as it does as it would have now but it's very well done um that even got replicated in like the arkham video game series like in a way like and so you know scarecrow is a classic batman comic book villain that literally looks like scarecrow from the wizard of oz it's a ridiculous looking villain And they do a really good job of... And it ties in the whole theme, because the whole theme of that movie is overcoming your fear. And so they've got mm-hmm. a bad guy whose full thing, his whole deal is, I'm going to make you scared. And I think that does a really great job of tying up the, the, the arc that they start at the beginning with Bruce falling down the, down the well and being afraid of the yeah. bats and stuff. You know, it's a movie that's yeah. so rewatchable, you forget that oh. Liam Neeson... Is, is is a twist. Sure, yeah. I've seen it so many times now that when I'm watching it at the beginning, I'm like, oh, you're the bad guy. <laughs> like, it, it gives you that I don't great trust line you, but... uh, that uh-huh. Thomas Wayne tells Bruce is, why do we fall so yeah. we can learn to pick ourselves back up? I use that line every goddamn day. Yeah. I do it every week. I will say that phrase. Um, Drew Allen, did you have any like pros or cons that we didn't hit on already? Yeah, no, I, I agree with you all. Pros for the first movie is, I mean, it set the tone for, I, I truly believe... Hollywood for yep. like an era the realistic let's make everything more realistic let's throw out the kitschy campy comic booky whoosh sound effects and let's make everything realistic let's make it military let's make it you know these gadgets I think sometimes like the there's a part where he uses sonar to get a bunch of bats yeah to to swarm him Back up. maybe that's as, yeah. about as far as you know, they dip their toes a little bit too far into the the crazy zaniness there. Sure. Well, um, that's and that's where we can even get into like the cons as the movies move on. There's a gradual detachment from that. You're stealing my thunder. Yeah. God dang it! Baker. Okay, before before yeah. we move on to the other movies, I, I personally didn't like that they made Ra's al Ghul the an Irish. You know, <laughs> yeah. I I liked Ken Watanabe way better as Ra's al Ghul. Doesn't age well that it's a white guy. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean that definitely would have been. Would yeah, that that have been a POC in uh in today's in, in today's Batman Begins. I was I was way more excited when it was Ken Watanabe. Uh, the, the... Uh, sorry, it, it, another another pro to this movie is, is Christian Bale. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. he's an absolute he an absolute put barrel on of the bat cast. A hundred and forty pounds or something like that. <laughs> yeah, you're you're the machinist. You're Nolan, you're Nolan nerd. How much did he weigh for Prestige? Not a lot. It was the machinist. machinist. Is that not no? That's not Nolan, right? Or is it? I don't think it is. The machinist. I no. thought it was. That's not. He. Uh, they did this movie, then they did the Prestige together, then they did Dark Knight. That's right. That's yeah. the order it goes. Yeah. I, I don't know what he was at originally, but he got up to two twenty to the point where he's like, "No, you're too beefy. You need to lose like ten yeah, pounds." I do remember that. And the they uh, I, I I wrote down some some statistics because in the comics Batman is six two. 210 and Christian Bale for this role is six foot and a half inch 210. Like, I mean, they tried to make this a realistic yeah. Batman, and it's believable. Like, you believe that Christian Bale could mess. Oh, some in dude that scene up. when he is standing up and then he goes straight to the plank to the push ups, falls straight yeah. down. You <laughs> believe that 19 year old Kyle could do that, and it was solely because of this movie. Kyle, uh, I, 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 I was literally about to that. say. The only the only person in real life that I've seen do that is Kyle. <laughs> I saw that. I was I like, that, done. I will do that. Yes. When I watch when I watch that movie, I think that guy doesn't have that that guy's traps aren't as big as Kyle's <laughs> were. Thank you. That guy didn't have the traps to catch it. But, yeah, I mean, you do that drama class, dude. Yeah, I did a lot because I I saw it. I was like, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen. I will so, I will learn this. 
Kyle, as the Batman of the podcast, would you like to move on to the Dark Knight? So Baker hit on a really important point, uh, which is where I think uh, I think sets the tone for me. Batman Begins is very grounded. Everything is very realistic. It's very... You could see it happening. And it's very Nolan because of all the storytelling gimmicks. Then The Dark Knight comes out. And it's an incredible performance by Heath Ledger, which we've already talked about. The marketing for it was incredible with the Why So Serious uh, posters. Yeah. And, and everybody's just like, what in what in God's name is, like, what are, what are we about to see? But Comic-Cons from that year on oh, yeah. 2008 we'll never on, the never the same. We'll never be the same. <laughs> this, I mean, this movie I really remember being like the first movie I remember paying attention to. Um, yeah, the marketing. The marketing for. Yeah. And I remember all of like the murmurs of they wanted it to be rated R, but <laughs> like there was too much blood and so they had to pull it back to be PG. Th- like there was a ton of stuff about that. Anyways, I don't know yeah. if y'all remember any of that, but like I don't. But what I do remember, I, def- I definitely remember the Why So Serious poster. Yeah, I do too. Is yeah. iconic. And then this movie, the the Dark Knight comes out, and it is, I think, a little bit of a detachment from reality, which the first one set us solely in, mm-hmm. um, because you you have to take a lot of laps in judgment on or in reality in this one because the joker's plan works perfectly he's in the cell when he needs to be the guy with the bomb in his stomach is in that cell he batman gets to him at right at the the perfect time for the bombs to go off between harvey dent and uh maggie gyllenhaal and like it's a it's a little bit more grandiose it's a little bit more like i I got to stretch reality a little bit to kind of see where you're coming from, which normally a in a superhero movie, a lot of it. <laughs> it's, well, it's not as much as it's gonna be in this trilogy. Sure. Can sure. I, can I defend it just a little bit? Sure. Um, the Christopher Nolan has gone on record uh, saying the second movie was about escalation. Like the first movie was like overcoming your fears, and they talked about that. And the second movie was about escalating it all. And it even the first movie ends with. Uh, Commissioner Gordon or Lieutenant Gordon at the time, straight up saying, "We're worried about escalation. They have yeah. they have semi-automatic weapons. They have fully automatic weapons. You're a man yeah, in a bat." Begins. Yeah, and then it, it reveals the Joker card. Yeah. And so, God, what a great tease! Movie, too. Oh, what a freaking <laughs> yeah. great tease! I'll oh look into gosh. it. Can't be lying. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. No, you're dead on bake. Yeah, I'll look into the, it. <laughs> <laughs> But the the whole movie was about escalating everything, raising the stakes, raising the the intensity. That's exactly where and, I'm going with it too, because yeah. I, I think it took that world that we first got, makes it a little bit bigger. You have to like everything is just kind of too perfect for the bad guys. He freaking somehow Bruce Wayne makes everybody's phone a sonar in this movie, <laughs> where he has got bat vision, yeah. sonar vision, yeah. which in, in like, you know, it's comic movies, it's whatever. It's just, it's like, it's almost like it's a different world than the first one. Yeah. Because the first one was so grounded and this one is kind of like, okay, like I, I'm kind of tracking with you. It seems like the Joker is either a genius or the luckiest man on earth, but like, cool. <laughs> um, we talked about Heath's performance and it. it's great. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think of the real campy lines from the second one. I'm and not I'm, wearing hockey pads. Sure, that's the big that one. That whole the intro the intro scene is um the intro scene doesn't it doesn't feel necessary. But I almost uh, sorry, the the obviously the uh the bank robbery scene. That yeah. is the opening scene. Yeah. That is a great scene. Okay. The first time we see Batman again does not Oh feel yeah, necessary. when he's fighting the scarecrow. So yeah. I I really like seeing Cillian Murphy and all of his cameos in these following two movies but i agree with you overall that scene's kind of like that scene is to put the point of batman has uh he has inspired people but not in the way that he wanted to right that's what that whole scene's about people have said oh i'm gonna dress up like a bat and fight crime he's like that's not really the point i was getting to (laughs) the point is that like you (laughs) can do good which is the juxtaposition between harvey dent where it's like you can do everything the right way you can stand up for justice you can stand up for what's right and so i think that but i'm with you it's a it's a weird way to show Batman fighting somebody in a parking lot. Um, and, and then it ends the, with the people of Gotham, like deciding their fate and like, which boat do we blow up? And it's like, okay, man, like, uh, and, and it puts Batman who we just saw as like a very powerful figure in the first movie and makes him powerless. And it's kind of beautiful 
in terms of like symmetry to where like now like he, there's nothing this guy can do to stop this bomb from going off. It's the people of Gotham have to like rise above the chaos. Yeah. And they do. So it's showing like, oh, Batman does good. And then 30 seconds later, Harvey Dent is holding a gun to Commissioner Gordon's kids. And is like, I've got half a face. Where's Rachel? And it like, does switch to a sprint. Mm-hmm. That last fifth, that falling action is a straight on full sprint to the end. I was just, my pros for this movie, obviously Heath Ledger was great. Um, but then also the way they went about creating the Harvey Dent character of you seeing him being the white knight to turning yeah, into yeah. Two-Face, I thought was really well done. My cons for this movie are it detaches from the real world. And then also that last 15 minutes, you're like, what? Breakneck speed. Like, what's <laughs> happening? What are we doing? Um, and so Aaron I think... Eckhart, Aaron Eckhart's a pretty big con, too. Yeah, you didn't like Aaron Eckhart? Uh, the, no, the, the, the CGI longer, the doesn't hold I, up as well either, of like the half The CGI face. doesn't hold up as well. The, mm-hmm. the longer I watch the movie, um, the more I'm like, you know what? There are... I think it's, you know... Uh, oh, this is the thing I was going to bring up in now streaming, something I've been watching since, is uh, <laughs> Time Traveler's Wife. Okay. Um, Time Traveler's Wife is an HBO show. Very good. Super worth watching. It was a movie, too. And they uh, cast the dude that was the original Hulk. Um, Eric Bana. Eric Bana. Yes. And he's a dude that like kind of felt like they were trying to make us think like he's going to be one of the it guys in Hollywood. And then you look back on that era and you're like, there's better guys for that character. <laughs> the Jeremy Renner effect. Aaron Eckhart. Yeah, the Jeremy yeah. Renner effect. And that's, that's something that we missed in the pros that I was actually thinking is that Michael Caine is an excellent Alfred. Great Alfred. Yeah. I mean, and so... Yeah, I, I think there's a lot. I've, the pros in the movie are pretty great. I love the dark turn it takes. Um, mm-hmm. I, I I'm trying to think of like a very clear moment where somebody kills somebody in Batman Begins. It doesn't feel like that's a thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, like Scarecrow makes people go crazy. Yeah. And I'm sure there's some things I'm missing. Yeah, the, uh, the but... guy gets shot after the court hearing. Um, yes, that's a thing. But that's yeah. an assassination, you know. Yeah. Like that's kind of. It's not like yeah. one of our main characters is killing. Bruce sure. Wayne wants to kill him, and you know they de-aged Christian Bale by swooping his hair on yeah. Peter Parker. Yeah. Um, the thing that it really sets the tone in this movie is how quickly people die in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like that opening scene, people are getting shot left and right. Sure. And the yeah. first, the first oh. time you see the Joker. He shoots a dude without looking at him. He just yeah. Yeah. sprays bullets at him, you yeah. know. And the, so, and then the next time you see him, he makes the pencil disappear, and you start oh, realizing yeah. like how Talk about pro, how heartless. And then the twist of Batman thinking he's going to save Rachel, and then he opens the door, and it's Harvey Dent. Yeah. I remember being in the theater, being like, "What?" Yeah, I remember that. Mm-hmm. I I mean, us. This is this movie still to this day is the movie I have seen the most in theaters. I think because it yeah. came out the summer before our freshman year um, of high school. It is the movie that made me fully because I love Batman Begins. Uh, this movie is the movie that made me fully like become a Batman nerd. Start reading the <laughs> comics. Oh, speaking of, but, I still have your comic. You let me borrow. That's I fine. need to return that back to you at some uh, point. I'll see you this weekend. So, Fair enough. Um, but yeah, what we don't record this in the same room, <laughs> listeners. Um, the, uh, Have y'all been recording this whole time? <laughs> oh my gosh! I think I saw it probably that summer, like ten times in the theaters. Oh wow, um, that's a lot. Yeah, I mean, I could the the opening scene where they shoot out the window and zip line across. Yep. When it sets the scene and you see the building i could pick the window (laughs) that's how much i had seen it and so like this was now a movie that i loved so much the older i get the more the cons come out like the missed casting the cheesiness of the the gadgets he becomes a much more you know batman batman sure of like a little more gadget heavy yeah let's be honest hollywood are you listening Sonar never cool. Yeah. Like thermal vision is cool in the predator. We'll take it. Yeah, but we've sonar. gotten beyond that though. Yeah. At at the end of the at the end of the day that you were talking about like how 
um, like you have to kind of suspend some belief mm-hmm. about how the Joker's plots work together. What I think mm-hmm. is like cool that doesn't like cease to amaze me is how well orchestrated the movie is. Yeah. Because yeah. um, it's, if you think about it, it feels like there's a lot of things going on. But yep. if you look at it from the perspective of the Joker, and Drew, you even just pointed out, the Joker wins the movie. It's very linear. Mm-hmm. Everything happens in a specific order. So, because this it is, is one about the, the Joker. Yeah, Anyways. I'm so sorry to cut you off, no, you're, but you're, this is one of the few Christopher Nolan movies that is linear. Yeah. Yeah. We don't mess with time at all. Mm-mm. Everything happens think, in a specific order. Yeah. That's a really great point. I just really want to touch on and highlight that. That's a phenomenal point, Baker. And yeah, and so I, I, and I love that about this movie. And that's the thing I see more and more is that I'm like, you know, there's the obvious points where it feels. And, you know, I still, when I watch the movie, when Jim Gordon, like, is alive and yeah. pulls the gun out, <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I still feel like we got yeah. him. We got yeah. the Joker. <laughs> and then you realize, like, he knew we were faking it. <laughs> yeah. And you realize. Yeah. And, I forgot about and that's that why, twist, that's which I'm why not sure is of, a good twist. And I'm not sure it's necessary for the storytelling either. It's not. It, yeah. it really isn't. But I, it, there's, I think that's kind of the thing they were supposed to make you feel. I think that, you know, and then again, leading into what we can talk about in, in Dark Knight Rises, I think they had kind of built so much on the character of the Joker that they weren't and I know that they have since kind of PR spend it and like, no 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 no, that was it for the Joker. And it's like horse hockey guys. <laughs> you weren't you like Christopher Nolan is not gonna sit there and be like I made the greatest I mean, arguably the greatest villain yeah. period. He he could have had Darth Vader. Yeah. Well and, and I think the big the best part about the Dark Knight that that does not involve Heath Ledger is that last moment where Batman is running from the cops and he mm-hmm. said, pin, pin the murder of Harvey Dent on me. Don't let the public know that he went crazy. You know, let him be the white knight that Gotham deserves. And you get that monologue uh, from Gary Oldman as Batman's running from the cops saying, he's, he's not the hero we deserve. Or, yeah. he's, he's the hero we deserve, but not the one we need right now. We'll, we'll chase him because he can handle it. You know, that whole thing that is, and with that... Uh, with that orchestral swell, as Drew likes to say, behind yeah. it. And it's just like, oh, heck yeah. And then the movie just ends and you're like, no, that was going to be such a cool scene. Um, but it ends on such a high note. And, and there's great performances throughout. We kind of talked about the bits and pieces here and there that weren't great. Leading us directly into The Dark Knight Rises. Um, which it is, it is, by the way, the, the end of that movie is maybe the campiest of campy lines. Because it says he's our Dark Knight. Yeah, he's our and Dark Knight. And then it ends. And then it shows. And it's kind of like that's the credits. name of the movie, guys. <laughs> and it was like ah. The longer I watch it, the more I'm like ah, okay. I yeah. mean, yeah, you needed to end it that way. Sure, but... that's the only way it could go. Yeah. I, if we're gonna talk about campy lines, when uh, the White Knight Harvey Dent almost gets shot in the courtroom, mm. and he unloads the you gun. Best just... by America. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you, if you're gonna assassinate a public official, you best by American. Yeah, that's. Not a great line, or maybe it was at the time. I don't know, man. That's uh, a like nostalgia, it's a terrible thing. Still good to this day. The assassination of all the uh, political figures, the commissioner, oh, Loeb, yeah, and the judge. Yeah, yeah. That was some really dark stuff too. Yeah. I'm sorry, I, I cut us back to Dark Knight. We were no, you're good. I'm good. Hey, before we move on to Dark Knight Rises, God, can I go to the bathroom real quick? Jesus, what? Can I go pee real quick? Oh my God, we're live, Baker. <laughs> I know, but oh we can God. just like just cut, cut right here. Yeah, okay, I'll cut here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Can yeah. we talk about stuff we don't like about Baker? Do you know how done? to cut? I do know how to cut. You. Action! So, The Dark Knight Rises come out two or three years after The Dark Knight. And Heath Ledger's already passed away. We know Joker's not the bad guy, all that jazz. And it's a continuation of where we left off from The Dark Knight of Batman has fled. And now he is a recluse in his mansion. And his knee is all jacked up. And he's got a weird goatee. And like that's like <laughs> supposed to be him like aging. Um I forgot how I forgot how much screen time Selena Kyle gets in the third one, and Anne Hathaway I think does both a great job, and then also the <laughs> campiest job of anyone in the trilogy. Like it's every line she has is like tongue in cheek, and it's all like either cat puns or like ooh I'm like sleek and you can't trust me and um, and then there's, a, 
there's always a tone to her voice where it's like yeah. she kind of always talks like this. I've got a secret. Like, wait, yeah. uh, I've got a secret <laughs> thing to tell yeah. you. Well, Mr. and then Wayne. and then you get the you get the twist that Bane is not really the bad guy. It's Talia, uh, played by Marion yeah. Cotillard, and and then you get and then you get the twist that it's Raz Al Ghul's kid all along. You get the somehow Batman ends up on the other side of the world, which Michael Caine calls <laughs> a forgotten or ancient part of the world at some point. And he's there. Yeah. He gets out of the pit. Then all of a sudden he's back in Gotham. And you got the well, Robin storyline. You totally line. skipped over his back being... His back being broken half. in half. Yeah. So my, my point is that like for the first movie, very grounded in reality. You could see it happening. Second movie, yeah. we kind of distanced from reality a little bit, but it's to tell this bigger story. Third movie, yeah. reality is four blocks that way. <laughs> we left it a long time ago. And now we're here in this like world. Yeah. And that always, that bothered me when it came out. It bothered me. I was like, man, yeah. this isn't like what we set up to do originally. Watching it yeah. as an adult this time, I guess, with a more fully developed brain or whatever, it, it is a beautiful um, ending to this trilogy that they made because they they the whole point of Batman was standing up for what is right and believing in justice and good is like the goal. And he not only inspires someone to take up that mantle, being Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character, um, which mm. he's got that scene where like he gets uh, disinfatuated with the law and stuff, which I thought was kind of campy now. Um, yeah. But also that like he inspired all of the cops, which were notoriously dirty um, throughout the trilogy. All 3,000 of them that got trapped underground somehow. And survived. And survived. Now all take to the streets and you know Gotham is fighting to save itself. And all, and then Batman makes the ultimate sacrifice, but then twist ending, it wasn't really him. Like, it's all so grandiose, and it's so far-fetched, and it's so yeah. different from the first one. But it is a beautiful wrap-up of what the characters set out to do in the first movie. It feels like the least Christopher Nolan movie, in a sense that, like, it, it doesn't flow super well. And there are flashbacks that you get more than the second one and you kind of have to piece together who Bane is and then the twist yeah. is that you were piecing together who Talia was the whole time yeah. but and I don't think I think as a story wise I think it's the worst story of all of them I think it's the least mm -hmm. grounded in reality but when you look at it from a big scope of what was the point of this Batman it was a guy who right. loved his city who wanted to show them that they could be more that they could rise up against the bad and the third movie is them doing that and so I I do, while I don't think it's a good a great movie, I'm not even sure it's a good movie. I think it did tie the bow on the character and the character arc they set out to do in the first movie. Um, I just think it's so much further from reality than the first one <laughs> that it's kind of a hard pill to swallow, especially watching yeah. them all in order. Um, but so that's my takeaway from The Dark Knight Rises. You guys? At back to back to back. Isn't the third one like four hours long? It's like three, yeah. Three and something. I, I heard somewhere that like, when you have really, really successful directors, like if they have passion projects, they if they're really good, those projects will get smaller over time as they hone out sure. kind of that fluff on the sides. And I think the third one is the most bloated of the three movies. And I think part of that's just the success of the first two. Who's going to tell Christopher Nolan, no, we can't spend 45 minutes in a well? Sure. Just set up a surprise <laughs> that Talia is actually the yeah. parkour legend of the Forbidden. Parkour legend. <laughs> Especially after Dark Knight. I mean. Yeah. 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 And so, I, yeah, you're right. I think zoomed out, I, I like that take, Kyle. When you zoom out and you see the role this movie plays in tying up all of these loose ends, it is kind of beautiful in that fact. I think a lot of things get sacrificed sure. to fit in a bunch of stuff that doesn't need to be in there. If the third movie had just been another Joker battle with Batman or whatever, you know, I don't know if yeah. you'd gotten the same catharsis um, right. looking from a big picture scope. If it was just him battling another bad guy, um, which is why I kind of think they had to do it that way. <laughs> I, the, there, the more that I, the more that I think about it, I feel like they had to do it. And yeah. maybe I'm just making excuses for Christopher Nolan because I love him. <laughs> but I kind of feel like it had to be this grandiose, um, this grandiose uh, uh, picture of self-sacrifice and everybody rising up. Like they had to pit the whole city against somebody. 
And like the more I think about it, like yeah, like that's the story. That's the story they set out to tell. How else could it have ended? I don't have a good answer for that. I think that it's actually beautiful. What I don't remember is that the Dark Knight Rises was like very well received. Was it really? Um, yeah, I mean, it's got a. I mean, Dark Knight very famously is number three on IMDb's top 100 movies of all time. Oh, wow. Or top 250 movies of all time. It's one of the only movies that has above a nine. It's like, it's literally Shawshank Redemption, The Godfather. Oh, wow. Dark Knight. <laughs> really? Um, yes. <clears throat> and that was one of the things that was amazing about it. Because that's the thing that, like, every time... The Dark Knight kind of did two things where it, like, sets off, like, this pop culture like spoofing of what the Christopher Nolan Batmans were and you get a ton of I mean and also the Dark Knight because you know it's it's when the internet really explodes it's when social media explodes when YouTube explodes when all of these things so it's like right at the beginning of all that so there's a ton of spoofs there's a ton of spinoffs there's a ton of all those things everyone makes fun of the Batman voice now um it's one of the things that probably has aged the worst about it um and then you get to the Dark Knight Rises and so in my head, I was just thinking of it as like this movie that reinforces like all of the things that we make fun of about this series. You think the darkness? Well, is yes, <laughs> campy lines, uh, campy voices, but you know, it's it is one of those things where like I kind of think back through it, and I'm like, you know, it, it's the worst in my opinion. It's the worst of the three. It's still a pretty solid movie. Yeah, like <laughs> it's still good. The cast is, you know, when I look at the Dark Knight Rises cast, I think it's a better cast in that, like, yeah, Selena, like, uh, Anne Hathaway's, you know, a little campy in it, but I think she's a good Catwoman. I think she kind of plays Marion Cotillard's well. character makes no sense. It makes no sense why she's in is Gotham. Is she uh, Talia al Ghul? <laughs> yeah. Yes. It, yeah. It makes uh, no hers, sense. <laughs> yeah, she's probably the one that ages the least. Um, but, I mean, Tom Hardy, Rock, it's just, it's not... It's not a terrible movie. I I think it's riddled with plot holes. Yeah. Um, and not to mention I, the, that line that uh, when uh, when Commissioner Gordon's like, the city will never know who saved him. And he says something like, anybody can be a hero, even a cop putting his jacket on a young boy who's just had his parents <laughs> killed in front of him. And, and then he flies off and he's like, Bruce Wayne? And yeah. it's like, yeah, man, it's Bruce Wayne. It took you three movies. And it I'm took really you three movies reference. to realize it's the most... The... I would have loved I would have loved if the bat plane stops and like kind of flies back into frame. Like, <laughs> he takes yeah. the mask off. <laughs> it's Bruce Wayne if you didn't figure that out. <laughs> and, it, and it becomes like a, a two-minute longer scene of just like an awkward... If like, Taika Waititi had directed it, you know for a fact that would have happened yeah. at the and end yes. of the movie. It's like Bruce Wayne's really giddy that he did something really cool and he doesn't want to leave the moment, yes. so he keeps bringing it up. <laughs> I mean... It was me. Holy cow. Do you remember Do you remember when I did that? That was so cool. I, I, I'm just looking at the cast of the movie now. There's some very interesting... Um, Juno Temple. It has, like, one line in the movie. Yeah, she's a, she's a Anne Hathaway's like roommate or friend or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think Bane is a pretty awesome villain in and of right. itself. I think he's a cool uh, when I, I, when I, he's I, done this way. Yeah. Yes, when he's done this way, it's very cool and he's very menacing. That whole scene where you know the does this give you power over me? Like all that. Do you feel very in well charge? done? Yeah, <laughs> the um, the thing that I when because this was what set off us talking about this on this podcast was Kyle texting me, "Is this not a good movie?" Um, <laughs> the the hard the hard part about this movie is that it, there's a there's a lot you have to buy into. Yeah. Um, and I was watching and I was watching a, a YouTube video where Patton Oswalt. Um, reviewed his top five and bottom five sci-fi movies and like all of his bottom fives he was like another movie where there's too many things you have to buy into and this is a movie that has a lot of that it's got a lot of like you have to be able to buy into all of these gigantic story arcs where everything like kind of like what a coincidence everything Mm -hmm. ties together see that's a big thing you have to be able to buy into 
um, <clears throat> this very in-depth story behind the League of Shadows. You have to be able to buy into, I mean, really the nuke stuff period yeah. and like bruce wayne becomes a bigger and it's not a it's not even that it's a nuke it's like a power cell that's it's, degrading yeah, and right. it's some passion project of bruce wayne's that's backfiring <laughs> and you know so there's a lot uh, whereas if bane had just brought city, a nuke into the city you'd be it like, would have oh, made a lot more sense where he's like hey yeah. i brought a nuke yeah um, do they but, have is there a Gotham football team, or am I forgetting? Yes, and I'm that really, I'm really, I'm really glad you brought that up because one of the things that frustrates me the most about this movie is that Gotham, in the first two movies, and in one of the things we talked about that was great about the Batman is that it's a very nebulous place. Yeah, it doesn't feel um, very anywhere. It feels like it's got pieces of Chicago and New York, and that's kind of the point of Gotham in the comic books. It feels like a real city, but... It's not any one place. In this right. movie, the way they shoot it and everything, it is incredibly Pittsburgh. Yeah. It's the only city that yeah. they shoot it in. If you've ever been to Pittsburgh, the minute... if you, Especially if you've been to Pittsburgh after seeing this movie, you pull up on it and you're like... This is the Dark Knight. The Rises. big fight at the end, I'm pretty sure, is like a big famous building in Pittsburgh, right? It's like a yeah. No, I mean you remember Adam Hagen, do? Yeah, he went to college, Carnegie. He went to, Car Mellon. He went to yeah. Carnegie Mellon. He posted a picture because it was at Carnegie Mellon where they filmed that scene. The wow. iconic bridges. It Pittsburgh is like known as the city of bridges. It's clearly the Pittsburgh. That. Jeff Steelers. Bridges lives there. <laughs> yeah. Pittsburgh? Well, no, but when you pull into Pittsburgh you come over these hills and there's a river that runs kind of in the middle of the city. And there's literally like 10 bridges that connect you into the city. And that's like one of the big plot devices. So y you become very attached to a very real place. And I watched it because Chloe and I went to Pittsburgh a couple years ago and I watched it again after that. And I was like, and I remember being there being like, this is the dark Knight rises. Like, <laughs> like this is clearly where they, where they filmed that movie. Like, and so I think that's a, a frustrating part because, you know, it's very famous about how they filmed The Dark Knight all over the world in different famous cities. And obviously they went to uh, Beijing to yeah. film that, you know, insane scene, which Extradition you know, scene, that, yeah. the skyhook, which again, you know, detaching from reality and possible sure. things. I, I, I still think it's a good movie. There's there's some there's some frustrations about it. For here's sure. here's yeah. my question to you guys. Because the more that I sat with this movie in the question of, is it good or is it bad? Very uh, Abed, <laughs> Nick Cage. Um, I've, I think I've landed on, I don't know what else they could have done to, mm. to round out this character arc that they started with Batman Agreed. Begins. Do you guys have a pitch for Christopher Nolan on, hey, instead of, let's go back in time. Let's do your favorite thing. Let's jack with time. Let's go back before you make the third movie. Here's my pitch for the third movie instead of what you did. And I couldn't come up with one. I couldn't come up with one that in any way hits on all the different notes that he hits on in this movie. Even though it is so wildly different from the first one in a lot of ways, it it hits that catharsis note for me where I'm like, you freaking did it, Nolan. You did it again. Uh, at some point, something's going to happen because you could tie um, Heath Ledger's Joker to... Uh, Chadwick Boseman's Black Panther mm. in terms of like they pass suddenly and now we can't really follow up that character well at some point someone's gonna have the the nuts or the cunning to figure out how to recast a character well and that's the only way I think you could have done the, uh, done it other than this is that you figured out how to successfully recast the Joker or spin Heath Ledger out of the Joker, but still kind of carry that plot line through to the end. See, I've heard I've heard an interview of Chris Nolan saying that the Joker was never in the third movie's plans; that he was going to be a cameo at the end when John. And Cain I think Crane that's is, a load of horse. It, and it might be it might be being like, no, this is the movie we wanted to make the whole time. Trust us, which right, I, you know, I get. Right. Um, Heath Ledger's still alive. Heath Ledger is in this movie, and he's at he's a bigger player in it think so especially especially after yeah. especially after what happens with that character there's four years in between the movies 
they're not sitting there being like, and now we know what's happening with number three when sure. they send out Dark Knight. And uh, so yeah. the cynical part of me is thinking Chris, there's no way Christopher Nolan's going to be like, go out and see my movie. We were really jazzed to make a, a movie with Heath Ledger's Joker. We had built this whole idea around it. But and then we could the yeah. thing we came up with other than right. it's just as it's better. Even, it's just oh, as good. Even, I mean, yeah. and it, it you know candidly, both of uh, Dark Knight Rises made a ton of money too. It made a billion dollars in the theaters, and so like it it did well in and of itself as well. But yeah, I just don't think that I I don't think that there's any way that if Heath Ledger's alive, he's not some insane part of this movie the the only thing i would change you talk a lot kyle about suspense versus surprise and i think that this movie hinged a whole lot on the surprise that it's not bane we're talking about it's tall oh yeah that's a good point yes it definitely does and i think that that surprise makes the previous 45 minutes of flashbacks way worse yeah because it makes bane a way less cool character this character that you've sure, been yeah. a menacing presence that's throughout the very, whole movie. A, yes, that's a very it undermines point. him a bit. Yeah. Yes, it takes away all of his power. Yeah. And then, yeah, it, it, and it doesn't really add it to Talia because you don't have time to kind of Yeah, sit you don't have time to process it. That's a good point. Yeah, and so it kind of it, it handicaps the movie. So I, 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 I don't know if I could pitch that to Christopher Nolan, but just after the fact, I wish that he hadn't spent so much. No, because he's got to throw surprise. his twists in there. Like, there's got to be a twist <laughs> in the third act. But he you did know? it for the Dark Knight, and it worked really yeah, well. Right. Okay. No, but you. that's what that was my answer to your. No, that's question, a good point. Kyle. I like that. Um, I have two points. Number one, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character really bothered me the first time I watched the movie, um, mm-hmm. because at one point he shoots his gun off a cement truck, and it it ricochets off and kills the guy. And then he's like, oh, guns are bad. I shouldn't use guns anymore. It's like, well, maybe don't shoot cement trucks when you're two feet away from them. Like, like I, don't, I feel like there are good uses of the gun and bad uses. That was a bad use. Um, but then it, it didn't hit me until this time watching it that him taking up the mantle after, uh, after, he, sees the, after he sees that uh, Commissioner Gordon uh, covered up the Harvey Dent thing. And how that taints justice and all of the people they put behind bars behind the Harvey Dent Act, which is a reference I did not catch when I was 14. Um, Mm -hmm. And then and then him, uh, the uh, the National Guard, like blowing up the bridge when he was trying to get the bus full of kids across the bridge. Um, I actually think that's really beautiful. And that's a really good like that. You needed that to see why his character was pushed to become the Dark Knight, to become the next Batman. I really hated the reveal that his name was Robin. Uh, I really, that made me furious (laughs) in theaters when it happened. But seeing how they could take a character which is laughable in comics and in in movies and TV shows before this movie and make him kind of like, oh, he's going to carry the mantle and continue doing the good. Um, I kind of, I really like that as an adult-ish more figure now than I was when it came out. Um, And number two, the way that I think this movie could have ended better is if they had cut the last four seconds where you just see Michael Caine sitting at that <laughs> French restaurant look up and smile like I kind of I kind I didn't need to see him sitting with Selena Kyle Bruce Wayne sitting with Selena Kyle at the end I I kind of really would have liked that like just to oh, end with Michael Caine yeah because it's a callback yeah, from good... earlier like I get it but yeah I kind of didn't need cutesy. to see Bruce Wayne be like oh I did my job I hope I hope Robin figures it out and the city is good now. Uh, I kind of yeah. just would have liked, I, I think I would have really liked Michael Caine just smiling. And that was the end. Because yeah. it gives you the idea of, oh, maybe Bruce Wayne made it out. They already give you the, he fixed the autopilot or somebody fixed the autopilot function. You know, oh, whatever. Well, and that's the other thing too, is that the hard part about it too, is that the that that affirming that it's Bruce Wayne at the end, it becomes one of those things where it's like horse hockey. It cheapens. Does he get up? Does he not get up and go talk to him? Yeah. Like, you mean to tell me he's not going to be like, yeah? I have to say hi to you. You're my son. Sure. Like, yeah. I raised you. I think it cheapens sentiment. a little bit of the. Yeah, of yeah. The that's a good point. And yeah, uh, as far as your whole Robin thing, I don't see a way of putting Robin in this universe, even. With what he does with Joseph Gordon-Levitt, you know, setting up 
maybe an interesting character. Finishing what they started of anybody can be a hero, anybody can do good. You have to rise yeah. above everything. Him not only saving Gotham from the atomic bomb that went off, uh, and then him not only you know restoring the faith in the Gotham City Police Department, and him not only defeating the bad guys, but him also leaving uh, a successor to do what needs to be done that the cops can't do, or the justice, the the justice judicial system. judicial the God, justice league. Dang it! I kept going to justice league. That's not it. What I the mean, judicial there's, there's... system like couldn't wrap up. Like, he still left somebody there to fill those shoes for him. Um, and so, I, that, that's what I think, actually, like, it's a beautiful movie. I think you have to look at all three of these movies like one gigantic film. Um, yeah, because that's, that's, that's the best way that this movie, that this in particular, the third movie, I think, can be yeah. consumed. Because it's, it's one through line from beginning to end, which you don't see often in trilogies. Well, Bake, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I'm yeah, a fi- I don't really have the power to do this. I'm officially extending the invite to you to become our fourth host um, full time I didn't even ask wow. the other two members I just I don't know did if I, I don't know if I have the I don't know if I always have the bandwidth to do that but I, I love being on the show so I'll always yeah. do it we appreciate you coming on and you know I always make you talk Batman I know that you're more than just a Batman so uh, we can we can talk other things next time I am a Batman Baker we love you thank you for talking with us love you guys too thanks boys catch us next week another podcast you deserve as we talk about something else we don't plan ahead catch you next time